They're calling it the Don Rickles Show. You know why? That way I get the full blame. <laughs> Folks, Louise Sorrell plays the part of my wife, Barbara, and my wife, Barbara, plays the part of a lady trying to knock off Louise Sorrell. Already done. Robertson and Arthur guest Louise Sorrell. Louise Sorrell, the actress known around the world as Vivian Alamein on Days of Our Lives and Augusta Lockridge on Santa Barbara. Louise has shared a few memories about her experience as Vivian on Days of Our Lives. We've also been talking about her stage career as well as how her experience on Santa Barbara in many respects was as close to a stage company experience as one could possibly get. You can follow Louise Sorrell on Facebook. Louise Sorrell's many primetime television credits include playing Don Rickles' wife on The Don Rickles Show. We'll ask Louise about that in just a second. But first, before we went to break, Louise shared some memories about co-starring with David Jansen on The Fugitive. A few years after that, Louise, you guest starred on another Quinn Martin show. You did an episode of the FBI up in... Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Well, that's on good. the Rogue River. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. The stories are hilarious. I have been told that was a shoot to be remembered. Uh, I told you that. Bill Reynolds told me that. Okay. I don't know that I know him, Bill Reynolds. Bill played Ephraim's sidekick on the FBI. So you, oh, okay. you, you may not have you yeah. may not have had any FaceTime with him because no. of the way those shows were done. But when when I'm not doing my show, I write for a living. And one of the things oh, I'm working on, I'm working on a book on the FBI. So um, that, that, okay. that is how I come to know about the Rogue River shoot. The Rogue River thing was hilarious. I mean, it wasn't hilarious at the time. Sure, I know. <laughs> That's what I hear about. We, yeah. we, we had, there was a director who was called Circle Pete. It turns out he actually worked for my father because my father's a Hollywood film producer. Yes. Anyway, Virgil, Virgil Vogel mm-hmm. had worked for my father, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me at the time. They called him Circle Pete because he would pick up the camera and have the crew follow him and usually end back at the same spot that he started in. So now we're on the Rogue River, and it's me with Albert Salmi. Mm-hmm. Fra- oh, God, Frank. Uh, Frank Converse, who, like you, was a theater actor, yeah. Right, and we were on a raft on the Rogue River, which is not the smartest thing in the world. <laughs> and and I, the guys have on, you know, raft, what do they call, um, you know, around their waist so they can float. Um, yeah, life jackets. Life, life jackets yeah. not me um so we're standing on this raft and the shore virgil vogel or Peter, circle pete is on the shore and the camera is shooting us going down the, ra- the river and we're supposed to get off the raft make a right turn and get up on a rock <laughs> so we're going down the raft river i do not have on a life jacket and i'm saying to the guys i don't want to do this I just don't, <laughs> this is not a good feeling. Yeah. And they are now yelling back to shore, she doesn't want it. Meanwhile, they didn't want to do it. So it's she doesn't want to do it. Meanwhile, we did it. And as we're going down the river, Albert Sony managed to get off, make a right turn in the water and get up on the rock. <laughs> and then I just kept going downstream. Wow. 
and ended up somewhere at the bottom where they didn't even have a St. Bernard with some, you know, brandy or mm-hmm. anything. And <laughs> they dragged me out of the water. Uh, I mean, it was just... And then Circle Pete wanted to take do another take the day we were supposed to leave, and we all went, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. And that, of course, went back to Quinn Martin that the actors were being difficult. You know, that was in those days. They just... <laughs> anyway, it was it was at the moment rather unforgettable times and that's what happened it was just a typical i don't know they would never do that these days with actors you know put them in that kind of game oh no 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 in fact even though i would imagine they they had to be some stunt people for some of the long shots from what i could tell it's it's pretty not for us (laughs) and by the way when we saw the show it could have been monkeys out there. Yeah. I mean, it was a long shot, so it was like, it could have been dummies, you know. Well, we were the dummies. But it could have been dummies floating down the river, and nobody would have known the difference. But no, there we were. Sports that we are. Well, but it was a good gig to have, because that was FBI was still a top ten show when you did it. So it was a good gig to have, but... You know, it's it, it's been a couple of years since I've seen that particular episode, but I, I do remember it just it was pretty apparent that it was the four of you on that raft and no and no doubles. And so that's you know, right. In the moment, it probably didn't require a lot of acting. No, no, no the acting came out of sheer panic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's called very good sheer panic acting. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course. If I remember correctly, the heavy in that episode was Henry Darrow, who I think you later yes. worked with on, on Santa Barbara. Yes. He, I loved his face. He was just—it was something about that face. He didn't have to do anything. I mean, he's a good actor, but he just had that look about him. Yeah. Um, his name was appropriate to me, anyway. Well, Henry Darrow, you know. <laughs> yes, and if I hear you correctly. When you say he had that face, he had the kind of face that he could play both a good guy and a bad guy, or he could play a character who starts off, you think he's a good guy, but then you realize maybe there's more to it than that, and not every yeah, actor. Yeah. And, and I dare say you have, you've always had that quality. Yeah, well, I basically, I, I love comedy. That's mm-hmm. always been my favorite thing. It just instinctively, I started on Broadway in a comedy, and that's what I thought I would be doing, but... Then it got darker and darker, and I was a gypsy, and I don't know. Uh, It's fun playing, you know, the villainous, of course. It's always more fun. But um, that took a while before I got to villainy. (laughs) Louise Sorrell is on the line with us. Louise Sorrell, the actress known around the world as the villainous Vivian Alamein on Days of Our Lives, as well as Augusta Lockridge on Santa Barbara, many other daytime shows, although Louise has left her mark on many, many primetime shows as well as feature motion pictures and classic movies of the week such as Get Christy Love. Louise is spending a few moments with us uh, to talk about her career in movies and film and stage and television. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Well, I, I just have to tell you because I know we're running out of time because I, just, I need to get this in because I've been pondering it lately. I did a show. I played Don Rickles' wife. yes. And I just, somebody, a fan just sent me a wonderful black and white shot of Don and me, the most unlikely couple that ever lived, the two of us. I mean, it's, I find it, I'm mad for this photo, but I have to tell you, when I was working on the show, I loved Jack Benny. I grew up with Jack Benny. Mm-hmm. 
and I just I thought he was the most wonderful comedian, and I just I just worshipped him. So I went to the producer and I said, um, "Could Jack Benny play my father on the show?" We didn't know where the show was going, so yeah. I just you know my big mouth, and they said, "Well, I don't see why not." And all I could think of was Jack <laughs> going to Jack to Don and saying, "Oh, Don, that was her." <laughs> That's all I could think of. I was just dying for that to happen. And then, unfortunately, he died. Yeah. So he never got to be my father on it. But I, I just, that time with Rickles was, well, unforgettable. That's all I can say. That was a gift to have. I've just, uh, he, he, you know, he was, uh, he was so complex and such a sweetheart, at least with me and his, you know, he loved his family so much. I was a, Great memory for me. About a year ago, I spoke with a producer who worked with Rickles on a show uh, he did many years later called Daddy Dearest. And when most of us think of Don Rickles, we think of the blustery onstage character Uh. he plays when he insults everybody. But I I understand that when he acted, there was none of that. I mean, he he was as giving and generous an actor as anyone. Well, the funny thing, the thing about Don is that was his first attempt at doing a straight show, you know, being, first of all, they made him a Madison Avenue guy, which made no sense. He yeah. would never be. But but the fact is, he was nervous about acting, he was insecure about it, and I would see him do something, I'd run, I'd say, Don, that was so wonderful, or in dailies, we'd watch it, and I'd say, you're so good. He was insecure about it, but he he instinctively was good. Yeah. I mean, he was a good straight actor. Which he didn't get to do a lot, but he remember what he did in Yugoslavia. It was a huge success. Kelly's Heroes. When he came back and said Tito had the car, <laughs> <laughs> but he was a very good straight actor. Yeah, he didn't know. He was very vulnerable. That is what I've been told. Billy Van Zent, the producer I mentioned. I mean, yeah. he, he gave many examples throughout. Uh, the run of the Daddy Dearest show where you do the take and the director says cut, print it. Rickles would say to Billy or the other actors, was I good enough? Do you need one more take? And and more often than not, they would say, you're, you're fine, Don. It's just, uh, it's just interesting. It's a, different, it's a different side of him that not too many people know about. Yeah, I know. I was very surprised. Of course, they brought on Newhart on the show. We could never look. Nobody could look at anybody. Yeah. We were just screaming laughter all the time. <laughs> uh, but it was it was certainly an experience, and I, you know, I was very lucky to have that. I was surprised they hired me. I don't. They didn't really want to. The network said no. But Bill, Sam Denoff and oh God, was Sheldon uh, Leonard yes. said we want her. And I mean, I was surprised because I'm the last person you would think of to play his wife. I mean, what an odd couple. But it worked. Yeah, I mean, the show didn't go very long, unfortunately, because it wasn't the right premise for him. And I understand the network didn't do you guys any favors, but they they put no. you on 1030 at Friday night, which is the worst That's possible right. time slot you can think of. They killed us. And then what's his name was the head of the network then? I forgot. Freddie Silverman. But, oh, in my, I don't know if it was Fred or somebody said, oh, we're going to move it. You know, don't worry. Well, huh, they killed us. They killed us. Oh, well. You know, uh, I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yes, that's right. You are not dead yet, and thank goodness for that. Louise Sorrell is on the line with us, sharing a few memories about her career in daytime television, primetime television, as well as her life on the stage. You can follow Louise Sorrell on Facebook. One of the things you did uh, shortly after the Rickles show, you played the femme fatale in Get Christy Love. I mean, she was the femme fatale, but she wasn't all that bad. We learned later on she came, no. she came from a disadvantaged background, and her motivation was taking care of her son because she, she wanted her son to have everything she didn't have as a kid. Obviously, Get Christy Love was not Shakespeare, but I, I imagine for an actor, Louise, when you have an opportunity to play someone with a little depth like that, you know, it gives you something to sink your teeth into. Oh, yes, of course. Well, I didn't have much chance to think. Oh, right, maybe I did think. But um, <laughs> you know how fast you go in that day and you, they don't tell you anything. They give you pieces of script, mm -hmm. not even a whole, just sides for the day. So it was a little hard. Uh, I seem to remember there was a car a car ride in that. Yes. Christy Lovett, Billy Graham direct. I just remember he just left us... <laughs> We had to do a drive in a canyon or something, mm -hmm. and he wasn't even with us. We were just driving around with a camera on us. I mean, there was no director. I, I was just so odd things that went on there. But I, I'm trying to remember. Was that was, that wasn't Broderick Crawford? That was something. Oh God! No, Teresa Graves was Christy Love. Teresa Graves, right? You had a, if I remember correctly, you had a cat fight with her. That was one of the, that was one of the memorable scenes in that movie. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a bit of a blur, because uh, I can't try to think of who else, who the men were in that. Harry, Harry Gardino was also in that, although I Harry don't... Harry Gardino, yeah. right. I don't remember whether you had any FaceTime with him in the movie, but... I don't either. Yeah. I, I don't know why it's such a blur. Well, look, like, like I said, I'm, I'm taking you back to 1972, so you're doing great. Well, some people, <laughs> some people remember every day... I know people who can tell you everything, of what they were wearing, what they ate in 1964. I don't understand that. I, I guess I just, my mind, I just go into a, you know, a dream state or something. I don't know. I don't, I have memories of things that are so specific that sound very odd to most people. But they're, I mean, they're the real memories, but yeah. things that you should remember, I think I just... Look, those, th those, those are our memories. Those are the things that we think of, and it's all, it's all good. Let's see. I have to ask you, as we're all coming out of lockdown and things are opening yes. up, how are you doing, and, and what did you do to hold yourself up during the, dur during the time of hunkering down? Well, from the, just early on, last February, a year ago, I was very blessed. I was on the Cape, up in this house with my friend. Mm -hmm. And we stayed here, we were supposed to be here for two weeks, and she said, we're not going anywhere. Because that's when it exploded in New York, and we saw nothing but frozen, you know, trucks with freezers. Oh, my God. And we just stayed here till June. So then we w went back to, the, to New York for a short period, and just, you know, I stayed in my apartment. I walked to Central Park. For me... It was other than the mask all the time and, you know, not wanting to go inside. I was all right because I have my dog and I walk. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, you could do it in New York if you were very, very careful. And I was, luckily. And I got my shots from this wonderful doctor called me and said, have you had them? You know, everybody was desperate. This was last January. Nobody could get them. So I gave up. I said, well, I'll just hide. But I got the shots. 
and uh, slowly but surely got out there and was okay. But uh, I lost one of my, a very dear, very important, precious friend, pa- Patricia Bosworth. I don't know if you know who she is, but she was a brilliant writer and mm-hmm. friend of mine yes. in New York. And that was absolutely shattering. It was all of our first big loss. And it was from COVID, and she didn't know. She was doing her usual because she was social. She was very involved everywhere. And she ended up, of course, in the worst possible situation, alone in a hospital. And we were all just, it was shattering. And that was the beginning for us of, you know, a, a real sense of what this was. But I finally, you know, I was very careful, as most of my friends were. I, I don't understand people who weren't. And um, we're all, thank God, okay. How were your animals holding up? Well, I just have a dog, and he's fine. He's a strong little guy. That's all I have at the moment. I, I would like, you know, the animals that I take care of, oh, they're, they're all over Africa. I mean, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm just obsessed with animals. My African trip did it, even though before that I, I loved them, but oh my God. I mean, I, I just became vegetarian, etc., etc., etc. I just, they are, to me, the answer to, the, to everything, the innocence. So. Well, they give us peace, they give us joy, and they give us a lot of perspective sometimes. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. This has been a joy, Louise Sorrell. Please keep us posted, whether it's on Madison on 5th, uh, whatever else you're working on or writing or developing, I would welcome the opportunity to chat with you again sometime on TV Confidence. Oh, I'd love it. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it. It's very nice talking to you. And the fact that you have more information about me than I do is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button this portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.